from Stone Mountain, Georgia, this is The Bryant Land Show. Hosted by proud Gamecock and South Carolinian AB3. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of The Bryant Land Show. Thank you for taking the time, coming in, downloading, listening to our podcast. Thank you for telling your friends, telling everybody about it. Man, we we really appreciate y'all. We got, it's a good show today, but a little bit different tone just because of the things that have gone on in the last couple of weeks and then the subject uh, matter for the guest today. So first off, before... I get into the guest. Obviously, you know, people have been dealing with, talking about, having an opinion, or maybe even grieving or upset with the death of uh, former Laker great Kobe Bryant. Kobe was killed in a helicopter crash this past Sunday. I think they said it's nine total people that uh, died in that crash. Kobe was the biggest name, so to speak, but he also uh, had his daughter in uh, in that crash. And um, for me, I'm not somebody that gets, you know, all shook up over celebrity deaths. It's just not who I am. I mean, I do kind of come from it from the standpoint of, like, if I don't have a personal interaction, you know, it's just kind of hard for me to, you know, to get all, you know, shook up and crying and whatnot. It doesn't mean that, you know, you don't think about it. It's definitely sad, tragic for somebody, you know, only at the age, I think he said 41, and then to have his daughter with him. You know, it's just... uh, it's a terrible thing, and then it, um, I don't know. I just think that, you know, when something like this happens, you know, people, especially nowadays on social media, you know, you have all these tributes, and, you know, people get hung up on, you know, well, love your, you know, love people and, you know, call your loved ones and stuff, and then they'll, you know, say things like, well, if you got, you know, beef or arguments with somebody then you know you need to squash it because life's too short and just all these you know different things that are kind of floating around like I said I personally don't subscribe to any of those things but it it doesn't stop you from you know just taking a minute and just thinking it's like dang you know like I said it's really sad that they have to deal with that and go through such a tragic situation. And then even today, Chris Dolman, uh, the former Minnesota Viking uh, Hall of Famer, passed away. I say today, today as I record this open. And then last week, Rocky Johnson, the former professional wrestler, passed away. So it's just, I don't know. It's just, you know, you, you see all this stuff going on around you, you know, people, you know, passing away of various ages. You know, I think Rocky 
Rocky Johnson was like 75, I think, when he passed, but Kobe being 41, and then Chris Dolman, and um, former defensive end, like I said, for the Vikings, Hall of Famer. I don't know. It's just, uh, like I said, it's just really sad, uh, very somber. And, um, you know, for some people, it makes you, you know, reevaluate life and uh, what you got going on. Uh, but uh, definitely tragedy to hear about these uh, these deaths. One last thing about Kobe, too, before I uh, get in to our guest today. I see a lot of people also posting because the first thing, like, a lot of times that'll happen is when somebody dies, they'll, you know, they automatically, it's like, okay, they bring up, you know, all the accomplishments and, you know, things of that nature. And there's always a segment of the population that want to go back and drag up unflattering things. And in some cases, maybe it's, you know, applicable, tell the whole story or whatever. In Kobe's case, I don't really think that's necessary. And I think that's because, you know, whatever you may think that happened, he was acquitted. Um, Specifically talking about the, the rape case back in Eagle Colorado. It's like a lot of people I've seen stuff posting like, well, you know, he he's not a hero. He was mortal. And okay, you know, whatever. You know, I don't really make it my point to judge who are heroes or whatever. Um, but I just I don't see the point in that. I don't see the place in that. Uh, some people do. Uh, I don't, especially if it's something that you are or something that the person was acquitted for found not guilty i don't see the point in breaking that up but that's where we are with kobe like i said it's just a terrible terrible uh tragic situation my guest this week is marky coaston uh he runs true visions camo and I bought Marquee um talk a little bit about how he put together uh, his camo line and got his camo, you know, out there, especially, you know, being black man in the hunting industry to have his own camo pattern is a pretty impressive accomplishment. Uh, so I bought him, bought him on because I wanted to know little bit about that and just know a little bit about hunting down in Florida. You always hear these different, you know, myths and different things about hunting in Florida. You know, it's known for the Osceola turkeys. Traditionally, a lot of people will say that they're, you know, Florida's not really a destination for deer hunting because of the uh, size of the deer that they have down there in Florida. Uh, so I bought Marquis on to talk about all those things, but more importantly, I wanted to talk to him about his wife, Jennifer. Jennifer is currently battling cancer. And being the loving, sweet husband that Marquis is, he set up a cancer benefit raffle 
in honor of his wife. Uh, the Jennifer Colston Cancer Benefit Raffle, uh, where he is raffling off a uh, AR-15 that has been coded in his patented uh, True Vision Revelation camo. So I really think that's a, obviously it's a very sweet thing. And Lord knows the trials and tribulations that he's going through uh, raising his children while also trying to care uh, for his sick wife. Um, so we get in to, you know, just talking about the uh, their day-to-day, the raffle. Um, like I said, we still talk a little bit of hunting and stuff, but um, I'm glad that I had a chance to talk to Marquis and just kind of get his perspective and uh, just get his perspective on hunting in Florida. And then just to be able to help out uh, with this uh, raffle here, the Jennifer Colston uh, Cancer Benefit Raffle. So uh, as per usual, I'm going to fall back, uh, mash record on the old record machine, and then you guys kick back and take a listen to my conversation with Marquis Colston here on The Bryantland Show. Bryantland. All right, I got Marquis Colston on the line from True Vision Camo and got a couple of things that I want to cover with you, Marquis. But first of all, thank you for joining the show, man. I appreciate you taking the time. You're welcome, man. Thank you for having me. Man, you got some things going on, and we're going to touch on, you know, a lot of things, uh, hunting, especially hunting in Florida, the True Vision camo. But I saw something a couple of weeks ago that really, I thought was really sweet and really touching. Your wife, Jennifer, has been battling cancer, and you set up a raffle to help with you know, any kind of cancer research and funding to get answers for cancer. And it's funny because I said to you before we started, I was like, you know, we kind of talked about how, you know, I wanted to approach this because I want to be sensitive, you know, to everything that you're going on, that you got going on with your family. But you're like, hey, I'm an open book. I want our situation to be able to help other people. So just kind of give us an update of where you're at and then explain, you know, everything that you got going on as far as, like, with the raffle and all of that. Definitely, definitely. So um, as we know, if some people follow me or not or if you don't follow me, me and my wife, Jennifer, have um, been pretty much battling uh, cervical cancer. She was diagnosed with cervical cancer um last august uh not august of august of 2018 she was diagnosed so it's been a a, you know over a year over a year and a half she's been battling this cancer and uh she's been through several treatments as far as chemo and radiation um she had a lot of complications uh after the chemo and radiation that basically sent her uh, treatment into a spot, a downward spiral. Um, and then we, we had to move from a doctor that we were seeing at first and move to uh, the Mayo Clinic, which is in Jacksonville, about two hours away from us. 
where they started uh, something that's called aminotherapy. And uh, the aminotherapy was said to be a good thing because she had a a certain marker in her gene out geniality that um, that was kind of like a it, it, it was kind of like a flag. Basically, it, it was uh, basically it had the it was a marker. It was it's called a PDL one marker. Mm-hmm. Um, and this marker is supposed to if you have a certain amount of that marker in your system or however the drug that they use is called Keytruda. It basically goes to um, that and it, and it unmasks the cancer cells. So your body could fight it. So your body um, could fight it off. And so ever since she's been getting that, or she had been getting that, that aminotherapy, it would seem like two weeks after or a week or so after she would get the treatment, she would wind up in the hospital. Mm. So after about 11 treatments, they said, you know, it was kind of, it was working, but it was kind of not working. Um, so after 11 treatments, me and her got together and we just decided that, that, that if we're going to go back into the hospital every week, um, after this, you know, after this treatment gets done, then we decided just, you know, to not do the treatment. Um, she had a, there was a lot of different complications. Uh, she had to get her appendix removed. She's now she now has had some things going on with her bladder. She had to get stents put in her ureters. Um, those stents closed up. Then she had to get um, nephrostomy tubes put into where they could drain the kidneys. Um, her kidneys end up getting ready to fail. And this last, she's actually in the hospital now. She was in the hospital for I think seven days the first time, and then now it's been. And, and that was right before Christmas. She got out. We had Christmas. And everything seemed to be fine, but all through the treatment, she was having problems eating. Um, she would, you know, eat and then throw things back up and things mm. like that. So um, they couldn't figure out what it was. So she went in the, into back into the hospital right after Christmas. I want to say the day after Christmas, she was back in the hospital, and she's been there since since then, since since a couple of days after Christmas. So. You know, we didn't get to spend New Year's together and things like that. I mean, this is probably this is the first New Year's in 15 years that we spent apart. I actually took the kids up to see her earlier that day, but you know, the ball dropped and we weren't in the same place. Wow! And y'all have been together for 15 years or married 15 we, years? We've been together for 15 years and we've been uh, married now for. I don't want to mess this up. We've been married for. <laughs> we just had an anniversary and we've been married for. 11 years, 11 years. Gotcha. I'm, I'm going to say 11 years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> very, very measured, very carefully thought out answer there. I, I, I respect yeah. it. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So, so in this treatment now, now she's, um, it's basically, you know, trying to keep the pain regimen um, the pain regimen going, she ended up with an actual bowel obstruction. And that's why she was throwing up. So they cleared up the bowel obstruction and now she's eating. Um, she, she I, I go up there, you know, every other day and take her food and she, she's, she's eating like, like no tomorrow. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but she's lost, she's lost a tremendous amount of weight. I mean, I want to say from 190 to probably about 110, maybe 115 pounds, maybe wow. um, within, within a matter of months. You, so you know um, you, 
even in the context of of what we're talking about, when she hears that she's going to get you for putting her weight on Front Street. Yeah. Oh, yes, I definitely know that. I definitely know that. I definitely know that. <laughs> but I, I don't think she'll mind. I don't think she'll mind. So, so now it's just, it's just, you know, trusting in God and, you know, trust that, you know, she'll come home and um, hopefully, you know, live, live the rest of her life out as happy as possible. Um, and that's, you know, basically um, what we plan to do is, is trust God. And that's the biggest thing. So I decided we had, we had, I want to say when we first started the whole cancer uh, fight, we had a GoFundMe and we both were, are people like we don't ask for um, anything and we didn't want to ask for anything. So we put it out there for a little while. And then, we, you know, we, we felt, you know, we got, we got a little bit of response from it, but we just felt that, you know, some people don't, you know, just don't like to give. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's just that world we live in. And, so and this, the, the this, GoFundMe for whatever reason, it has like a really negative stereotype. And, and, yes, it does. and, and I don't understand because, you know, people, as soon as you, you see a GoFundMe or whatever, they automatically, you know, it's like, well, why don't you have insurance? Or why don't you do this? Or why don't you do right. that? Like everybody sits right. and, and points their judgmental finger. Right. So, but nobody knows, nobody knows what, what a person really goes through when, or a family really goes through until you've been through it. Um, when, you know, have something like this, like, I mean, I, I've missed me working. I'm the only one that worked and it's been like that since, you know, we've pretty much been together, you know, she's a homemaker. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I am the only uh, source of income. Um, I've missed tremendous amount of work. Um, and we've had, a, you know, a couple different hardships, you know, as far as, as far as financial hardships and things like that, but we just keep on pushing. Um, and then, like I said, trust God and trust God is he's, he's going to see us through it at my job. I can't, I can't express enough, you know, how important my job is, um, to me and how important the people are at my job. The guys at my job got together and they end up, you know, giving me, uh, I want to say three weeks of PTO. So wow. I didn't have to worry about, you know, worry about taking off, you know, cause I'm a kind of guy, I don't, I don't like to take off. Sure. Um, and I don't like to be off, but at the circumstances are, you know, you, you got to take care of family before, before anything else. Right. Right. So, what kind of work you do? So I'm an air conditioner refrigeration mechanic. So okay. I do, um, a refrigeration on, on, um, uh, schools, uh, all kinds of stuff up to, you know, 50 ton chillers yeah. on up to, you know, 300 yep. ton chillers, like the big stuff. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. My, um, my father was, uh, used to deliver like air conditioners. Matter of fact, a, a lot of the air conditioners and stuff, when the schools went through and refurbished like their HVACs and their units and stuff was bought from the company that he worked at. So he delivered the um, air conditioned unit, big air conditioned units, like all around the county and stuff. So I'm yeah. totally familiar. So, so I actually, I actually am one of. I'm wanting to say I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to tell a fib here on, you know, live broadcast. But <laughs> uh, I want to say I'm probably one of seven guys in the state of Florida certified for uh, Seasons Four, um, which is a big manufacturer um, of AC. They they put them on a lot of Publixes. Um, they put them on, I want to say they've done a lot of stuff down in Dade County and in, in Miami, uh, for schooling and stuff like that. So seasons four is a, 
is a very, very big outfit out of uh, Georgia. And uh, I'm certified. I'm one of seven guys uh, certified for that. Wow. Um, for those for those startups and things like that. So. Gotcha. Um, but I put together, instead of doing a GoFundMe, um, why it's tactical actually um, got a hold of me. Um, Kenny Phillips got a hold of me and he was like, man, um, I want to do something for you guys. Um, I want to donate uh, a rifle. And I was like, well, that's that, you know, that's cool. And I said, well, maybe we could wrap the, you know, rifle in my camo and, and, and kind of play it like that. And then we could sell raffle tickets for, you know, a can uh, a, a benefit yeah. for, for my family because, you know, who doesn't like rifles? Right. And, and it's, it's for a good cause. So we got together and we figured it out and, um, and he, he built a phenomenal rifle. I've seen it. I've seen pictures of it. Um, Jonathan Thompson's actually got to shoot it because he's on the, he's on Wyatt's tactical staff. He's the first one to test fire it and they, uh, test fired and it should be on its way now. They, uh, the one to say it shipped out today. So once I get my hands on it, it's gonna, um, I'm gonna do a live broadcast on the, uh, on the rifle. And then it's also, we also have a, uh, what we're going to call the revelations 26 compact pistol. It's, um, by wise tactical. Again, it's, uh, I don't want to really say Glock, but it's, it's a replica. So okay. we're going to call it, we call it, we call it the revelations 26 is what we call it, but it's, it's a G 26. Gotcha. Um, so it's, it's totally custom. So we have that, um, part of the raffle and other guys, so other people have, have kind of got in on the raffle too. Um, We've got from Fam Cave Creations. We got a bow rack. Um, Beverly Woods Foundation. They've uh, they put in a fishing trip for a kid. They donate that. We're gonna do some True Visions Revelations camo set. Um, we had our hair our my wife's hairdresser Jennifer Lynn. She's gonna do some hair care products and things like that. I want to say uh, Captain Eric Johnny Rocket Alexander God's Anglers. Yeah, he, I'm familiar he, with that. I've seen yeah, he got a hold of me and he said, "Man, I'm going to do something for you guys." And he put in a a four hour bay or bay golf trip for four. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, it's a four hundred eighty dollar value, man, and and it's redeemable all year round except Red Snapper. So on the golf, we have some you know golf of you know Mexico over there in Florida, and it's out of Florida. Yep. So, man, we have some you know sensational fishing um, on that on that coast over there. It's just amazing. So whoever wins that is going to be down for a treat and they will be fishing with captain, captain, uh, captain rocket Alexander, man. He's wow. He's a, and, he's a real, real good guy. It, it's just awesome how, you know, the people come together, especially, you know, like in our, our outdoor community, hunting, fishing community, uh, how people will come together and just, you know, be a support because everything I, I can say that me personally, I haven't dealt with a very close uh, relative as far as dealing with cancer and stuff. But, you know, Mm -hmm. people through third party and second nature information, you know, the the biggest thing that I always hear is just support. Because sometimes people go into like isolation. They want to kind of deal with it on their own. They don't want anybody to know, you know, that kind of thing. But the biggest thing that you can have is, you know, that support and that support system, right. and it, it's just great to see people coming out and uh, offering the support for y'all. Right. So uh, 
at first, you know, a lot of people know me, like people who know me, like I'm, I'm really a private person in a sense, but when you, when, 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 you know, when you get to know me, you know, if it's, you know, you get to know, you know, that like I'm an open book and, and you know, there's nothing to hide. Um, but at first, you know, the emotions that, that, that were felt in this was kind of like, you know, shut everybody out, you know, not ask for, but something told me is you got to humble yourself. You can't, you know, close mouths don't get fed. And, and, and if you need help, you, you have to reach out. Um, you know, as far as anything, you know, needing to talk to somebody or, um, you know, needing an event or, or anything like that, it definitely helps. Um, if you, you're going through something, uh, you have to reach out. You definitely have to reach out. It's very therapeutic. And, you know, people, there's a lot of people out here um, that go through things and you never know they're going through something because they hide it really well. Right. But but bottom line is God put put, put all of us here um, for each other. So, we, you know, we are each other's support system in a sense. And there has been a lot of people, you know, people that, that, that we don't know, people, I've got messages, had messages, you know, from people that I don't know that says, man, you guys, you know, your story, you know, kind of motivated me to do, you know, this or um, the the way you guys love each other um, is amazing. You know, like like we've never seen anything like it. And it actually helped me and my wife. I've had, you know, quite a few people call and you know, say those things, but a lot of people pull together, man, and, and, and they helped out and we're and I'm grateful for it. The, just the the whole hunting community, um, you know, the way they come together, God's anglers, that group right there, that, you know, just, you know, just in, you know, this is pretty much my first interaction with Eric and um, Captain Eric, and, and it's just been great. I mean, it's been great. They, you know, embraced us with open arms, and um, a lot of help is coming from, from out of that, you know, that group. Um, and things like that. And, and just a lot of, you know, a lot of people around people I don't know, you just call and say, Hey, listen, you know, I don't want anything to do with the raffle, you know, but I just want to help, you know, so getting that kind of support. So it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, touched, you know, our, our family and we definitely appreciate it. Every bit of it. Now, before, you know, everything happened and stuff, was she big out there with you as well? Would she go hunting and stuff with you as well? Um, she didn't really, she wasn't really into hunting, um, for, for the most part. I mean, she would go out every now and again. Um, we just, we, you know, we had kids, so it was kind of like, you know, take the kids and, you know, spend time with the kids. You know, I'll, you know, I'll sit, I'll sit back, you know, she'd rather, she'd rather, you know, be at the cabin cooking or something, you know, she wasn't really, you know, into the whole, uh, hunting, hunting scene or anything like that. It was, you know, that was, it was basically something, you know, it was my passion. Sure. It's funny. Her, her mom actually, her mom, she's passed away now. She, she died of cancer, um, six years ago, but her mom is the one that put me on my first deer. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This, that, <laughs> wow. that, that, the story of the story of how we met with me and my wife met is actually, uh, because of my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law, um, God bless her soul, man. She, it was one, one amazing woman. And, uh, she, she basically, I, I, we say she pulled me off the streets. I was down the street she, to make a, a long story short. I was down the street and, uh, I used to do auto upholstery and I was doing a vinyl top on some guy's vinyl top down the street from where, uh, my wife and her mom lived. 
Okay. And her mom like kind of stopped me and was like, "Hey, you know, you know, hey, you like white girls?" And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, Wait a minute. Just on, yeah, random just, like just, out of the blue, random, like no out of the blue. No, yeah. No, no, you know, and that was that was how we met. And uh, she was like, "I I want you to come and meet my daughter, you know, the guy you're working with, you know. He uh he does work on my uh on my husband's car and I want him to come look at something so you can come meet my daughter." Okay, that's so, how we met. so at least there was a minimal, like, three or four degrees of separation because, you know, your one of your co-workers did work for her. But she just basically just rolled up, yeah, picked you out oh. and said, hey, you like white oh, yeah. girls. I got my daughter. Oh, yeah. Come on. Wow. Come on, <laughs> come on down and meet her. So that's, how, that's actually how we met. And, it, 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 and to tell you the truth, it was, you know— it, we we were together pretty much ever since. So, definitely, how, how did she respond to mom just basically going just and plucking people my, out? Bring, yeah, yeah, <laughs> bringing some. At first, she was like, "Mom, you know, how could you do that?" You know, it was uh, it it, it was it was funny at first, but like I said, you know, we we both when we first met each other, we clicked. We, you know, we talked, and you know, it was the feeling was mutual. Wow, and, you know there. There it was. Now, now, were you hunting and fishing and everything already? Like, did she well, know that you were? Well, I was fishing. I was, I, you know, I was, I was always an outdoors kid. Yeah. Um, I didn't really grow up as far as hunting and things like that, but I was always an outdoors kid. I was always in the woods. We were always building forts. We were always looking for. Um, we used to get chased by hogs. Um, like funny story. Me and my brother, we used to go to a rope swing. Um, back in the woods somewhere, I don't, I don't even know how we came across this. We were doing some adventure and, you know, adventurous stuff, you know, going through the woods, walking through the woods, trails and things like that. And we found a rope swing. We used to hang out at this rope swing all the time. Well, it, the rope swing went over a ditch. So okay. we used to go out there to get chased by hogs, wild hogs. <laughs> so like we, we go and, you know, we're like, we know we're going to get chased by these hogs, you know, but we're thinking we're getting chased and they're just, the hogs are just coming out to feed or doing whatever. Right. So then, you know, we, we kind of got into it. We had some friends that their, their parents hunted and things like that. So we kind of got introduced to, you know, to being out in the woods and things like that, that way. But it wasn't until, you know, after I, I got out of the military and, and, you know, met my wife. Um, that, you know, I've always asked my buddies in the military, you know, hey, man, you guys go hunting, you know, take me hunting or whatever, whatever. You know, like, oh, man, you ain't going to go hunting. And I really was, you know, I was, I'm a country boy, you know, I was, you know, raised in Florida in the sticks in Palm Bay. And, but, you know, I just never had the opportunity to get out like that. Well, I just got into it. It was something that I, you know, enjoyed. I actually worked for another company and my boss, he hunted and, you know, so I picked up the bow and he, you know, and learned how to shoot with a bow, and that was, that was, you know, I I, I enjoyed it. So, um, her mom ended up moving to uh, Lee, Florida, Madison County, Florida, mm-hmm. and she lived on a farm, and they had a tree stand sitting over top of the garden, and she, uh, she put. I didn't know really too much about you know the weather up there or anything. I went out there. I I had on like. I probably had on some sweatpants and a jacket, and I froze to death almost. It's freaking. Uh, <laughs> this is like January. North Florida, kind of. Yeah, this is North Florida. I mean, okay. it was freezing. I I, I I sat up in the uh, in the stand there that morning, and I damn near froze to death. And um, <laughs> and I didn't see anything a thing that morning. And then the next they so they took me to a neighboring property 
uh, Lonnie and Sharon, uh, I call them Auntie, Auntie Sharon and Uncle Lonnie, they had a, a beautiful property right across the street from the uh, Twin Rivers National Forest. So their property, it was in between the National Forest and a big, like, I want to say 2,000-acre ag field of corn and peanuts. Oh, wow. So, they, I mean, they had a it, – it, oh, man, a freaking highway. So they sat me up in um, in one of the shooting boxes, and that night I shot two uh, two doe, um, but I shot I, I shot him with with a rifle. Mm-hmm. So it was a uh, gun season, and that was it, man. After that, I had my first taste of it, and that was it. I ran with it ever since then, man. So and you, it's just been your mother in law came, dragged you from the body shop, come meet my daughter. Oh, by the way, hey. I know a spot where you can kill some deer. Oh, yeah. And put you on too, dear. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is a love story for the ages right there. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely is. That definitely is amazing. Is. So um, let me ask you this because I've heard you, you know, reference and, you know, talk about your faith and faith in God. And mm-hmm. I've noticed, like, a lot of your media, like, a lot of your social media stuff, you know, very – uh, motivational messages and stuff. Where does that come from? Where, is that like from your parents? Um, have you uh, just um, always had like a strong faith or a grandparent or what? always my grandmother, my grandmother um, was married to or is married to not my grandfather, but was married to a bishop of a church. Well, he was a pastor of a church. Mm-hmm. Um, was, he's my, he's been my grandfather since I was little. I mean, I, I want to say since I was, uh, five or five or six, or I was really small when he came into our lives. Um, and, um, he was a, he was a pastor of a church. I mean, we built, he built triumph, the church and kingdom of God in Christ. They're all over the world. Um, they're all over the country. Uh, they actually, they've got one in Africa. So, I mean, he built a lot of the buildings and, and he actually built that church, uh, with mother Hankins on, you know, if somebody listens to this uh, podcast, they'll, they definitely know who mother Hankins is if they've been at a triumph church. Um, uh, but, but yeah, I, I grew up in a church. I was at church probably seven days a week. And, you know, <laughs> you know, when I was with, with my grandma, I was, yeah, it's church. You know, you're going to, you know, you woke up for Jesus. That was, that was what you did. You, know? you so, woke up for Jesus. Yeah, you, that's that's what you were doing. Nice. So um, we were all over the place. And I mean, you should take us all over the place, all over Florida, all over, um, all over the United States. I mean, I remember going to California, going to uh, Chicago, going to all I mean, all kind of places. We had churches all over the place. Mm-hmm. So originally, I, you know, I was born in Pittsburgh, so I used to come to Florida. Um, cause they lived here in Florida. I used to come to Florida every summer and that's, you know, that's pretty much how we got the whole, you know, country thing going on. Cause they, it, I mean, the, the, the road they lived on was, it was nothing but, you know, it was nothing but woods, you know, around, you know, it, I want to say it probably had a neighborhood of probably 30 houses maybe and the rest, you know, around it, it was probably like woods, things like that. So we used to play in the woods and things like that. And then it, you know, it progressed and, um, we moved, we moved out a little further and, you know, further away out of, you know, out of town. There was woods all over there. So, um, but definitely didn't get into the, 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 the hunting part until I got older. But, wow. Now, yeah. and then, cause you're in central Florida, right? Or Yes. Right? I'm in, we're in central Florida. So we are, 
um, where I live at is called uh, Port St. John. Okay. And Port St. John is probably five minutes away from the Space Center. Okay. Um, okay. Which is 15 minutes. Well, we're 15, about 15 minutes or 20 minutes, 15 minutes from Cape Canaveral. Gotcha. Um, so basically, where where I live at is, I guess you want to say the the it's north north of Palm Bay, it's it's central Florida, but like everything, let's say to the west of us, mm-hmm. is it's pretty much woods. Um, the Mormons own uh, a lot of property uh, from the west, so it's like U.S. It's it's the ocean. Then you got Banana River. Um, you got the uh, Indian River. Then you have a landmass, which we we live on that big landmass, and then it's Orlando. Everything west of that is like Orlando, Mormon property, Duda, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So what a lot of people don't know in Florida, also, I get a lot of people come when they come here when we talk about hunting. In the state of Florida, if it ha- if it doesn't have a mailbox or no trespassing sign on, you can hunt it. Oh, wow. So, I mean, and we, we've got some huge land masses out here that you're able to hunt. Um, a lot, a lot of it, um, you call and get permission and things like that. You find out who who owns it, but most of it is, is a lot of it's a lot. It's state owned, pretty much. Now, can so, you get to it though? Because like you know, with uh, thickets and stuff like that, like is it is it kind of easy to maneuver around or? Um, it, the the thing is with. Hunting in Florida, the terrain changes as far as as far as you can be dry and then you can walk 100 yards and you can be in knee-deep water. Mm. So uh, it, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a lot of wetlands. I will say that. It's a lot of wetlands. It, it, it is accessible. You, you can access it depending on, you know, who owns it. If Mormons own it, you have to be on a lease to, to, to do anything. Um, there you have to get on at least to get in the gates or whatever but all the the the, the big the bigger properties are the properties that are, are inhabited or or not owned by anybody that you can actually get on there's there's a lot of trails a lot of florida down and this 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 coast is pretty much known for its mudding and things like that and, um outdoor atv and four-wheeling and stuff like that so there's there's trails i mean if you see a patch of woods, you see a trail, you go down that trail, there's, you, you can hunt somewhere around that trail. Wow. You know, so, I mean, that's, it, it's pretty, if you got a truck, you can get to it pretty much. I mean, heck, I, I've, I've actually parked the truck. I've, you know, back before I had a truck, you know, I, I had my car. I used to park the car at the edge of the woods and just walk, <laughs> you know, you can just walk for miles. And it's how, however you want, however you want to hunt. I mean, and that's, that's what it is. But hunting here is really, really hard. It's a lot of palmettos, a lot of snakes. Uh, I was about to say, the, sna- of- the, the snakes and the alligators would put a damper you know, on a lot of things. You know what? This year was the first year that I actually walked up on an alligator in the woods. Mm. I mean, but but it's been for the last couple of years we had those hurricanes. Right. So the water has been pretty high. So the St. John's River runs north and south and then you have the indian river and the banana river and that landmass i'm in between i'm on the landmass in between that so when the water is high all the properties in that landmass usually hold water retain water so all the alligators from the st john's river are now in the woods mm. so yeah it's it, you can definitely be 
you can be in some real trouble real quick. Yeah. Here hunting in Florida. I mean, you, you definitely have to have to know your you know, know where you're at in order, you know, to hunt, man. But it's I would I love fun, uh, hunting in Florida. I mean it's something different. It's something different every time, you know. What's your what's um, your favorite thing to hunt down there? My favorite thing to hunt is um whitetail. Yeah. That I, that's what I like to hunt. Everybody says, Oh, Florida ain't got no no deer. We have some huge deer. Well, that's what I was going to ask you because because a lot of people they poo poo on Florida, you know, like oh, oh they got the little teeny deer and oh. this that and the other. Man, a year ago, I want to say not, not this hunting season, not not the last, yeah, the last hunting season, I missed a deer at 15 yards that with the bow that probably would have put me in the big buck registry. In Florida, mm. he he was huge. What'd you, I mean, big. What did you big. think he was? About what? One thirty? I think he was touching. I think he was probably touching one thirty, maybe one thirty-five ish. Yeah, he Which was big. That, that's a good. I mean, don't don't let the internet and and, and people. On social media, fool you. One thirty, oh, no matter where you at, is a is a damn good deer. Is, is yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, for Florida too. Uh, well, everybody says, but listen, I've seen, I've seen. Put it like this: that deer, that deer, that morning, basically, me and my buddy Caleb, I had to go to a dentist appointment at ten o'clock, so I was off of work, and he was like, "Man, we're gonna go out to the spot, and, you know, or whatever we call it, the honey hole." He goes, like, you can send the honey hole, and me and the other guy, we're just going to go, and we're going to probably walk around. And I was like, cool. So I get I get up in the stand, and it was a perfect morning. So as I'm, I'm call, I called him on the phone, and I'm standing up, and I'm facing the actual tree because mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to pack up everything to go. I had started to drop my bow down, and something told me to look up, and I looked up, and I seen the deer that I shot at. He wasn't the biggest deer. The bigger, the big deer I think he spotted me and jump, and I seen him and he jumped off. But it was three deer together, and I turned and I and I and I seen him. I'm like, oh my god! So I've got to pull my now I've got to pull my bow back up and get my bow and get it knocked. I'm trying to do all of this without being busted. All wearing True Vision's camo. I'm just gonna say that <laughs> True Vision Genesis pattern is is it. I'm gonna tell we, you. We're we gonna talk about that in a minute, but please continue. <laughs> so, so. So I get my bow knocked, I get everything set, and I ha- I know I've got this one little hole, and I'm like, if he moves in that hole, I'm gonna stop him and I'm gonna shoot him. So I drew back, and he's just not he'd never even seen me. I drew back, and I grunt at him, and he and he doesn't stop in that spot, and I'm like, oh no. So I, I had to draw, I had to release my draw, and now I'm like, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? I gotta get him to stop. So I grab my grunt call, my extinguisher grunt call, and I and I doe bleed at him and he just he stopped and he stuck his head up and poked his chest out and he turned right around and i mean he walked right to me it was it was so perfect it couldn't have been it couldn't have been the best per the best shot i i could have made so i drew so i, I was he put his head down i was able to draw back on him and i released the arrow without leaning into it mm-hmm. and bending down and it flew right over top of his head and, and, and it flew over top of his back and he moved out to about 30 yards. And I was like, I can shoot him from here. So I knocked another one, but he was behind some brush and he would not commit. 
to that he would he was just stumping. You can hear him hitting the water with his you know with his foot just stumping. Yep. And he wasn't he didn't blow he didn't. So I grunted at him again, and he looked like he was getting ready to turn back around, and he just he would not come from the bushes. And all you could see is is and it wasn't a it wasn't like a, a trot. It was kind of like a walk. Like I'm going to move out of here slowly, and but I'm not going to let you be able to shoot me. <laughs> and wow. all you could see was antlers. All I could see was antlers walking out of the freaking woods. <laughs> and and I'll tell you what, every day, I think about this deer every day. <laughs> yeah. Every day. Yeah. Well, and, when and, you're that close and they get away from you at that distance, that close, it, it, it's kind of hard to forget. Oh, yeah, definitely. But that's why you both, that's why I both hunt. That yeah. right there, oh. that right there is why I both hunt. Without you know, a shadow of a doubt. I've, I've said it. A million times. The best thing about bow hunting is getting close to those animals, being on top of them, and having them that close. You know, people talk about shooting deer, you know, 40, 50, 60 yards, and nothing yeah. against them. God no. love them. They, they, and they, you know, successful. They, you know, they get their deer or whatever, but there's nothing like, there's you know, like it. getting that deer. 15 20 yards getting them in and getting them yeah. close and being able to draw back on them and, and take Man. them out i beat i beat every i beat all of his senses he he didn't know i was he didn't even know i was there he, i mean he he walked right up on me and he and and it's funny because i he was downwind of me when 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 he when he came, he came across me and he was downwind and he never 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 smelled me mm. but i you also use a limit shield so that stuff, I stand by it. I, I don't care what anybody says. I, I wore it to work. He, the guy from a limit show, Philip Dixon, he said, just try it on. He says, he goes, one day you go to work. He said, wear deodorant on one side and then spray this on the other side that you don't wear deodorant <laughs> on. And I thought he was joking. I thought he was kidding. And I did it. And I kid you not, I didn't smell. And I I use this stuff. Wow. Basically. So... I, I I was I was in True Visions. I beat his eyes all day long. I'm I, that's gonna it's gonna happen. You wear True Visions. You're in a tree or heck, standing in a you know standing in a brush or standing in a field. You're gonna you're not gonna be seen. You know that it, it it breaks up that well. Now and I stand by it. And there's a lot of other people that stand by it too. Did do you get out there um, and turkey hunt, hog hunt a little bit? Like once that yeah, season's cold, I do turkey hunt. I, I hog hunt, but man, hog hunting is so. I I would say I've shot so many hogs because I, I I mainly bow hunt. I, I really don't do a lot of gun hunting. Yep. And, 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 and everybody that knows me, you know, I gun hunt the last day of of the season. I will not pull the gun out until the last day. <laughs> right. That it's just that's it's just it's just how I've been for. Ever since I started bow hunting, it's it's been that way. Like I I shot deer, you know, and it's just to me with the rifle, it's you know almost in a sense I say it's like it's kind of not fair. The guys who do it, you love, you know, they love to do it. Okay, cool. But me, I love the challenge. I love that I have to beat the senses. I've got to actually work to do it. And if it means that I don't get a deer that year, then I'm fine with that. I just love being out in the woods. Right. So um, yeah, but I, hog hunting. Oh man, if. If if one presents itself and and you know I want you know I want to shoot one or you know the, the, the freezer's not full enough then then I'll shoot a hog, but they're just so tough. I mean you you shoot them, 
you know, with that bow and arrow, you have to be precise. You've got to be, you got to be in that kill zone. You, yeah. There's no room for error because, you know, they can run. Heck, I shot one one time with the bow, and we had to get the dog, and the dog tracked them over two miles. And we we said, we, this is it. We can't do it anymore. It was like the dog was so good. Like we'd be like, okay, we don't see any blood anymore. Like we're done. You know, and then the dog would bark again, and be like, holy crap, there's blood. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> so and, and for probably two, we walked for probably two miles, and I was like, you know what, I'm done. We're done. That's it. We're not. We won't find this hog. So uh, you definitely make all, you know, you try to, you try to make sure you try to find that animal. Um, that's one thing, you know, that we do, but you know, the last, I want to say the last two times I shot a hog, we couldn't, we couldn't find it. Mm. And I know I've got, I've got video with, you know, real good shots, but they're just, they're tough animals. Yeah. And like you said, if you don't get it right, get it right in that kill zone and either get clipped that hard or get both of those lungs. Right. Yeah. If you, yeah. And heck the one hog that I just, that, that, that I shot and couldn't recover. We seen a picture of that hog later on and it had part of the, the actual lung was coming out of the wound. Mm. And, and the, basically the lung sealed the wound up so that it healed with the lung, that part of the lung still, and it, it, the thing was moving around and walking like there's no tomorrow. Good and, thing he's, you know, he's alive. But, yeah, the lung actually, you know, plugged the hole, and that's how he stopped bleeding. And see, that's the thing. Like you said, because they're just so thick and fat and the combination of fat and muscle, and, you know, unlike, you know, deer. I mean, deer do it as well, but those wounds – they seal up fast on those hogs, yeah. and that's where that that what kills your blood trail. If you can't not almost knock a, a lung out, you know through that wound, or like I say, collapse both of those lungs, you know to give yeah. yourself a chance. Then if you only right. hit one lung or something like that, then or you know hopefully you hit like an artery or something even better. But right. if you only hit one lung, then you you're in for a long day. Yeah, you're in for a long day, definitely, definitely. So. so. Now, well, let me add one more thing. The with the turkeys and stuff, because you guys are usually like the last destination for the Grand Slam for the turkey for the Osceola. For the, East, for the Osceolas, listen, Osceolas are some some of the smartest, <laughs> some of the smartest, some of the smartest birds I've ever. I mean, I've been turkey hunting several times. Um, I have yet to shoot a turkey. And I've been on top of Turkey. My daughter, my daughter is partially deaf. Okay. Okay. And um, I took her hunting and I didn't think she would, I took her deer hunting. She couldn't hear like the cicadas or the crickets or, or, or uh, she couldn't hear the squirrels uh, running on the ground and things like that. So I was kind of really taking her Turkey hunting. I was kind of really skeptical and I took her, we went turkey hunting and we're sitting in the blind and the turkeys came down the roost and I, I hit the, I hit the call a couple of times and she heard her first turkey gobble and her eyes lit up and I was, I almost <laughs> cried. I almost cried. I was like, thank you God. She can hear the turkey. Yeah. You know, so she actually got to shoot at the turkey. What she, she seen through, she got to shoot at the turkey with the, uh, with the crossbow. She always says I messed her up because I had my hand in the way. <laughs> and the, the limb, the limb actually slapped my hand, and she missed the turkey. Oh. So, so, but, but she was so pumped 
she was so pumped. Like after she, it was, I, I thought she was going to be devastated. And I, she was like, can you see that? I just shot her through a turkey. She ju- like jumping in the blind. I'm like, just calm down. We can still kill the turkey. Yeah. Still, you know? <laughs> so we can calm it back. Just, just calm down. So, um, she was just pumped, man. And it was, it was something, it was so great, but yeah, the, the turkey hunting here is phenomenal. And I just haven't been, um, these last couple of years of hunting have been just so crazy. And then the things with my wife and, and going on things like that, like we, we actually lost a couple properties that we were hunting, um, due to some building and, um, uh, just, just the people, the landowners selling, that, you know, they kind of just, you know, hey, I'm, we're getting ready to sell. We, you know, kind of just need you guys to stay out, you know, for the time being until, you know, either we sell or we can get you in with the new owners or however. It's just, you know, losing property is, is the biggest thing yeah. um, out here. You know, you put so much work into it. If you don't own your own property out here, then you're just, you know, or in, to get on a lease out here is, is uh, you know, the Mormon ranch. You know, you're talking seven thousand to ten thousand dollars a year sometimes Sheesh. so but it's because of the osceola and those the qd you know qdma out here you know they're they're trying to they're trying to implement that out there in the in the ranches and you know they pretty much they they wanted higher echelon type people in there they don't want your just average everyday hunter that's what the public land is for right but public land public land is it, it's Public land here in Florida, um, there's great hunting here, but it's just, it's like any other public land. You know, you got to walk 3 million miles to get from where the hunter, you know, basically all the hunters go. Right. So then, um, there's only a few selected few hunters that are, are going to put in the hours or put in the time or the miles and walk um, because because of the terrain and the way the terrain changes here. It's rough. It's rough hunting. I, I, I challenge any hunter from up north, you know, you know, the baddest hunters. They'll come down to Florida and hunt and actually walk and come through these palmettos and then you see what we go through. Yeah. I challenge they, anybody who wants to come down. It, it's funny because the people that I know who have, you know, they come back a little bit more humbled and just oh, talk yeah. about, you know, the, the challenges and the difficulties because, you know, it's un, it's unlike any other place or unlike you know what they're used to so no right. it, from what i understand it's definitely a humbling experience um i've hunted oh, yeah. hogs in florida um i was actually fortunate enough to kill one with a bow but yeah it was a lot of walking <laughs> like you said and and, and, and it, it's not comfortable outside in florida a lot of times so <laughs> no it's yeah it's, it's hot the heat one thing and people don't understand either like florida like there's really no rut here. Well, there is a rut, but you you don't you can't time it because it's always hot here. Yeah. And the bucks don't they don't know that oh it's cold it's time to get some you know right it, that that doesn't happen here so you know our rut really as soon as archery season comes in the deer are rutting and then they go through this other an, another rut you know shortly after that but then when it cools down here they rut again like you you never know I mean I I've seen fawns. I've seen, I've seen fawns born in like April. Mm. You know, I mean, like you, you usually don't see that, right? You know, you, you usually don't see that. But like, yeah, Florida, it's there is no, there's no real, you know, hey, it's rut time. You know, like 
you know, like you go to these other places, you know, Iowa, or, uh, Kansas, you know, they, they'll tell you when the rut is, Oh, it's this month, you know, right. not in Florida. You, you, you'd be lucky. So you, and you know, you, you're scouting rubs and you thinking, Oh, these rubs, you know, these rubs are fresh rubs, you know, like how the heck have we got fresh rubs in, in April, you know, like what's going on. Jesus. <laughs> wow. So, so yeah, you, you just never know. Man. So tell me and tell folks about True Vision, man, the camo and how you put that together. Like what, you know, made you say, okay, you know what, I'm going to put together a camo pad and a camo line. I mean, because we're all, you know, familiar with all the big lines and the mainstream lines and stuff. But, you know, you put one together, you stand by it, you know, you, like you said, you got an army of folks that are out there that represent the brand and whatnot. So just how, how did that come about and how did you put that together? So in the, so, so I, I don't know if people don't know, I, I own the Buck and Truth Outdoor Apparel as well. Right. So in the beginning, that's kind of where I was going with it was the whole Buck and Truth and, and the camel line was going to be True Visions or whatever. So that I wanted it to be a camel line in the beginning. But it was just this, it was, this thing was like, well, let's just sell T-shirts right now and then see where that takes us. So all throughout, I was a real tree baby, I guess you want to say. <laughs> I liked real tree. Yep. And I I liked it a lot. And then I started wearing mossy oak for a while, and I kind of liked it. And I was like, you know what? But but I I didn't feel comfortable in any in any of those camos because it didn't match. It didn't match all terrains. You know, you would have to buy, uh, you know, all their patterns in order to match or, or, or to blend. And really, tell you the truth, I just got tired of getting busted. Yeah. So I was like, I need to figure out a way that I can disappear in any, ter- in any terrain, in any, you know, in, in you know, any, any woods, any setting or any backdrop. So I got to thinking, and I'm in the woods, you know, all the time. And I got to sitting, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, what, and, and everywhere you go, uh, there's greenery. So why not base this camouflage in, you know, in a green? People, of course, people are going to be like, oh, well, it's too green, you know? But if you think about it, and this is the reason why I named it Genesis, when God made the earth, the first thing he put here were trees and it was mm. green mm. and it was vast and it was, you, you know, right. So, so I used that and, uh, I just, i just put it together, man. I, I can't even t- tell, I can't even tell you the formula of how to put the pattern together. Um, the secret in it, man, I just, I, I, I pulled different elements from, from the woods that I hunted in and, you know, put it together. I worked on it. I probably worked on it for five years before I even put it out. And, you know, I, 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 I had a set test, you know, a set so I can test. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I actually, you know, Bob Jackson is really the reason why I just went ahead and, and just put it out because he's like, you got a pattern. It's a nice pattern. Just put it out. Like he, he really, you know, he really jump started my whole attitude towards it. You know, at first I was like, oh, I don't know if, you know, I don't know how people are going to like it. You know, if, it's not what they. It's not what they normally, you know. See, I let a. I got a few more 
you know, made up yep. and I let people test it and it worked. But my, my biggest thing was, is when I knew it was going to work, me and my son were turkey hunting and just for kicks and giggles, I told him, I said, I'm going to sit over here by this tree and I want you to walk out there and I'll just take a picture of me sitting at the tree. So when he took the picture of me, I knew where I was sitting at, but when I seen the picture, I was like, you can't even see me. Mm. So, so no camera tricks, no nothing. I mean, let's face it. These other, other camo companies use camera tricks. When you see my pictures, when you see any pictures of, of true visions, Genesis or any or Revel- any, there's no camera tricks. There's no Photoshop. These are raw pictures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You might you might might enhance the the color on them or you know might the the clarity, but there's no no camera tricks with this or no Photoshop and things like that. So so then I put up something on Facebook. Hey, find me in this picture. And so many people are like, Oh, he's over there. Oh, he's over there. <laughs> oh, he's over here. Couldn't find me. Right. So I, I knew it was going to work, but. Um, one of my buddies, he had a, he's got a lease out, out at the Mormon properties, um, beef camp out of beef camp. And uh, we were out there turkey hunting and, um, I was sitting, basically there's a lot of cow pasture out there and there was a lot of, I want to say, um, I call it like wheat grass. It's almost like, it, it looks like when you look at it, the field, it looks like wheat. I was sitting under a, um, oak tree in this, you know, predominantly yellow field, basically. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm coming to get you. And I was like, all right, I'm underneath the oak tree. And he drove past me twice. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he's like, he drove past me twice. And I call him like, hey, you know, where are you, where are you going? You just drove past me twice. And he goes, stand up. And I stood up and he's like, I still don't see you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm over here by the tree. So I knew that it was, I said, it's going to work. But if people don't understand it, that that when you use a certain shade of green um, in any in any element at different distances, it changes colors. So that's what my secret is. I, I, I'll tell a secret, but I don't think you can, you know, I mean, green is green. Yeah. And, and I think so, a couple, couple other, other companies have kind of gravitated to, to it too. But, and that's why I pulled out the revelations pattern and I, I'm, I'm here to stay. You know, I've, I've had a couple couple run-ins with a couple uh, companies that I'm not, I'm not going to name. Um, I've had one major company kind of, kind of try to out me, um, from dealing with a big manufacturer. And, uh, that just tells me that I'm here to stay and I'm ready to fight. Man. And, uh, I'm going to keep on putting out, I'm going to keep on putting out camo until they pour, pour the dirt, man. That's where I'm at with it. That That's awesome. I mean, just, to have the wherewithal to, you know, come up with something like that. I mean, we all have our gifts. We all, you know, get, you know, things that we are good at, you know, from the good Lord up above and, you know, have our talents and whatnot. Mine just happens to be in media and broadcast and television and directing and, you know, doing this stuff. And it's clearly that you were given you know, a vision and given a talent to be creative and come up, you know, with a pattern and yeah. uh, and be able to make it work, man. So I, I wish Definitely. you nothing but the best. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I owe it all to God because really it was it, it was given to me. It was shown to me, hey, do this, put it together like this. Is that where and you then, came up with the name True Vision? Yep, True Visions. Yep, that's where I came up with the name at. Mm. But also my nickname, my nickname is Truth. Everybody calls me Truth. Okay. Um, 
So that's kind of where the Buck and Truth derived from. That's and then then you know from the Buck and Truth it was True Visions. Um, but yeah, it's you know True Visions. That's basically you know it's it's seeing 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 you know with outdoor eyes basically, and um, <laughs> that's you know it's the truest vision ever. Man, God, you know God gave us the earth. We should use it in its rawest form. So that's basically where True Visions came from. Well, Marky, I am, like I said, I'm definitely praying for Jennifer and your family, things to work out for the best and for her to get better um, and you guys to be able to give you the strength to be able to continue to deal with it. Um, Thank you for coming on and just, you know, talking about your story and, you know, just getting a chance to talk about some hunting and stuff, man. I, I really appreciate it. And thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, man. No, no problem. Anytime, man. Anytime. I definitely appreciate you for reaching out and uh, the prayers. And I want to say to uh, everybody, I just want to, you know, let them know that uh, thank you for all, of, all that you guys do. Um, and uh, just have faith and believe in God. Man. That is definitely the word. When uh, when folks go to look for you, like get, where where can folks find you? Find the camo, all that stuff, man. Get, hit us with um, all the with all the info. The four one one. My Instagram is i underscore am underscore marquee coasting, um, or you can find us at True Visions Camo. You can also go to truevisionscamo dot com. Uh, check us out there. If you guys want to purchase um, uh, the raffle tickets, uh, you can go through Cash App. It's uh, Money Sign True Visions Camo, or PayPal, which is uh, True Visions Camo at Gmail dot com, or Venmo at True Visions. Again, tickets are one ticket for twenty five or five four hundred. So what happens is is you would you would pay through one of those. Uh, one of those uh, Cash App or or PayPal or Venmo, and then uh, you would put your name, you would put your name in there, and then your phone number. And what I would do is, is I would text you uh, your all your numbers, a picture of all your numbers, whatever whatever you purchase. I'll take a picture of it and then put you in in the drawing. I am waiting now for uh, the actual drawing date. Once I get everything in hand, the uh, the rifle and the pistol in hand. Uh, I am going to set a date, and it's probably going to be close to uh, the last week in February. So, um, just to you know, give everybody some time to get their get their tickets in, and just catch and see, you know, see some of the lives. I'm actually going to go live um, on Instagram and on Facebook to uh, to do this. So. Awesome, awesome, man. Well, like I said, wishing you. Nothing but the best, man, and uh, keep me uh, posted on the raffle, and I'll make sure I'll repost, um, you know, like the raffle and all that stuff, too, on social media as well. Definitely, man, definitely. I appreciate you so much. Yeah, brother. I'm going to go ahead and uh, get you out of here, and we'll catch up soon, man. All right, man. All right. You take it easy. You too. Brightland. All right, I want to thank my guest, Marquis Coaston from True Visions Camo, coming on, sharing his story uh with us today i hope you guys enjoyed it hope you guys got 
got something out of it, was able to take something away, maybe um, give you a new perspective or just make you think on some things, um, be sure to go and check out Marquis uh, at all his uh, pages, whether it's uh, Instagram, Facebook, buy a raffle ticket. Um, I mean, it's going to help, going to help out. So if you can find it, you know, in your heart uh, to go purchase a raffle ticket in the show notes, you'll be able to uh, see all the links to where you can go and do that and you can contact Marquis and just show support uh, for him and his family during this time. Uh, before I get ready to get up on out of here, you know the drill, bryantlandcountry.com, bryantlandcountry.com. We got videos, we got past podcast episodes, we got merch. So make sure you check out bryantlandcountry.com. Um, for everything Bryantland, one-stop shopping, as we, uh, as I always like to say. That's all I have for you guys this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. I know it's a little bit different. Um, lots of things going on, uh, coming at you with a little bit different perspective. Uh, but hopefully you guys enjoyed it, was able to take something away from it. Uh, like I said, I'm going to go ahead and get on out of here, and I'll catch you guys next week on another episode of The Bryantland Show. All right.